So we were obviously going through this parable series, and uh, today we were going to do the parable of the shrewd manager or the dishonest manager, and um, I, I hope to come back to that at some point. I think it is a very interesting parable and and one that has some pretty deep meaning, and uh, I was looking forward to tackling it. But um, as those of you who've probably read my email, most of you know by now that my mom passed away Friday night. And um, I, I needed to do something different today. And um, part of this need is me. Um, part of this is for me. And uh, I've, I've really prayed about that because I don't, I don't want to use this and this position for my own purposes, um, even if I think it's something that's very honorable. Uh, this is a... Uh, what I get to do and what you allow me to do is very special. So, I don't want to take advantage of that. But next to my wife and, and my kids, um, there's no one person who has had more influence on me and who I am than my mom. And so I just, I need, I needed this today. Thank you, buddy. I needed this today to share her with you um, because she loved you. And uh, she had only been here a couple of times. This isn't starting off well. She'd only been here a couple of times, but she loves you guys. Uh, she prayed for you. Every Sunday she would ask me how church was. She always asked me how many people came, so... She kept attendance. You look back sometimes and you think, man, why, why, you know, I should have reacted differently to different things that I was doing. And she would always ask me about names. She would always say, I say, somebody's coming to the house or I'm going to this place or we're doing this. And she would say, well, who is it? And I would, I, my, my reaction was just always, well, mom, you don't know them. And then I, I realized later, like, she wanted to know them. You know, she wanted to know your names. And, and so she, she loved this church. I have, this, um, these are these are some prayers that I found recently that she prayed for us for this church. Some of them haven't been answered yet, um, and I'm not going to share them with you today. But one day, when they are answered, I'll share them. But she prayed for this church diligently, and. Um, Outside of a, a handful of people, there wasn't a lot that knew that my mom existed. She lived a, a, a very sheltered life. But I think she had a profound impact. And I, I, I want to be able to say today that um, for some of you who feel maybe that your life doesn't have impact... You feel the smallness of, of who you are in this great big world and what you're doing for Christ. I, I, I hope that seeing the impact of her life and, and the grace in it would be an encouragement to you. So I don't want to make today about a memorial for my mom because when we gather as a church on the Lord's Day, it's, it's all about Him. It's about Jesus. 
But I think there is a way in which to see the, the beauty of my mom's life, you can see the beauty of Christ in it. And it, it was really interesting to me because I was working on the sermon for today and I was working on the the parable of the shrewd manager, the dishonest manager, and I'd written the introduction. And one of the things that I was saying in the intro is the reason people really struggle with that parable. It's in Luke chapter 16. People really struggle with it. Like, what's the purpose of this parable? What's the meaning of it? And, and, and I think the reason they struggle with it is because there's no clear hero in the picture. You, you've got a guy who, who basically is in charge of his, uh, bosses or his, uh, his master's funds and he wasted all. And the, and the, and the master finds out about it and he calls him to account and he's about to fire him. And, and, and so the, the, the manager says, well, I, I don't know what the future holds for me. I, I can't go, I can't go dig ditches for a living. I'm too weak for that. And I'm, I, I'm not going to go beg. And, and so he, he comes up with a plan and he says, well, here, here's what I'll do. I'm going to call in all, I still have power. I still, he hasn't fired me yet. I'm on my way out the door, but while I have authority on these last few hours, he called in all of the, the, the debtors that owed his master something. And he said, how much do you owe him? And they told him and he said, all right, slash it in half, pay me half, pay us half. And in doing that, what he was doing was he was building up favor with these debtors. And, and his goal was, when I'm fired, they'll all love me and invite me into their home. And so when the master shows up, the master is calls him an unrighteous manager. Like what he did was wrong. Because he continued wasting his master's money. Yet the master commended him, praised him, the Bible says, for being shrewd. And I think it was almost like the master said, that was clever. You got me. Why did Jesus use that as an example? I think that's why we wrestle. And so I wrote this. I think the answer is that God uses both positive and negative examples of behavior in order to teach us how to live as a disciple of Christ. At times in the Bible, we are presented with negative examples that we are to learn from. This learning comes not from paying attention to their behavior so that we can mimic it, but by paying attention so that we can be warned about what their way of life led to and we can fear the same judgment happening to us. But at other times, God uses positive examples and He places those before us and says, consider this person. Look at their faith, how they're relying on Jesus and abiding with Him and striving after Him. Now you, you try to follow their lead and do the same. In Philippians 3.17, Paul says to the church, pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. So he says two important things there. First, the apostles, while not perfect on earth, they were empowered to set an example of what it meant to follow Jesus. And secondly, there are other mature Christians who are doing the same thing. So Paul says, when you are blessed with a mature believer in your life, Pay careful attention to how they live because there is much you can learn from their example. I wrote that a couple of hours before my mom passed. So this morning, I, I hope to show you some grace that was in her life.
and I hope to put before you her as an example. Not that you would make much of her, but you would see the strength of Christ that was in her and that it would cause you to want to draw closer to Christ and receive that same strength yourself. I want to share with you three graces, three glimpses of grace that that I continually saw in my mom Janice. The first one is that she trusted God with all of her heart. In um, the Psalms Sam read to us this morning, Psalm 46, that was one of my mom's favorites. And she read it to me when I was a kid every night. And she had me memorize it. And so before I would go to bed, we would say that psalm or we would read it. God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. And my mom lived that way. She trusted Him with Everything. When, uh, if you've been here at this church for a while, you know that one of the, like one of the things that I'm, I talk about all the time, one of the words that I use with you is rely. That we should rely on the Lord for everything. And Lisa Cosper, when she made us those t-shirts last year, and some of them were the rely shirts, she gave me the uh actually I think she gave it to Anna and Anna gave it to me. But anyway, uh somehow it ended up with me, but it was the the image of what went on the shirt, and it was just the definition of rely. To have full confidence or faith in something or someone, to be dependent on them for help and supply or support, to completely trust them. This is this is what I I feel my whole life is about. This is what I, I, I really want people to be able to say about me. He relied on Christ for everything. And this came from my mom. I never heard her use this word. She never talked about rely. She never talked about trusting. She never talked about abiding. She didn't use those words. She just lived it. It was just how she lived. When I was little, my dad worked nights and she never liked going places after dark by ourselves. Being married to a police officer, I guess she was just suspicious of everything and everyone. But I can remember going to the grocery store at night and on the way there, she'd say, we're going to pray that we get a, a space right up front so we don't have to walk across the lot. And I always remember there being a space up front. But from when I was very little, like I've never struggled with just praying about anything because she just modeled that. And, and even as I got older, like she, she prayed about things and I would just be like, Mom, you don't have to pray about it. <laughs> but anything I mentioned to her. And I had an interview for my first job. She was praying that I would get it. If I was talking to her on the phone and I would say, I got a meeting with my boss today. What's his name? I'm going to be praying you have favor. When I was talking to her about wanting a four-day work week, she prayed that I would get it. I did. 
When I was talking about I wanted to be able to work at home, she prayed for that. I got it. She, she prayed about everything. It was what she knew to do. It didn't matter what it was. In the last years of her life, when it was so hard for her to walk, When she would go to stand up or she would go to walk, she would just say over and over, she would say, Jesus, 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 help me, Jesus, help me. That's just what she did. It's how she lived. And she modeled that for me. And it's what I want for us. I've always wanted us to be a church that that's what we did, that we just rely on Jesus, that we, we would get to the point that if somebody said... uh you know, we're here at church, we're, we're talking or something. Somebody says, man, I got to call the power company tomorrow about a, a bill that they messed up that we would say, well, let me pray for you about that. I, I just, what I've always wanted us to be a place that there was a culture here where we just prayed about everything before we criticized, before we complained, before we argued, before we did anything, that we would just pray. Before we got mad at each other, we'd pray. That we just pray about everything. I don't know how much the Lord may let this church grow in the next few years or decade or whatever. But I want people who come in here to be immersed in a culture of a church that just prays about everything. And I learned that from her because that's what she did. Secondly, I'm so sorry your mom bought it. Thank you, John. I appreciate that, buddy. Thank you very much. I appreciate you coming and giving me a hug. Thank you. Secondly, a second grace that I saw in my mom's life was steadfast hope. Steadfast hope in the Lord. My mom had Two husbands, both of them were unfaithful to her. One of them was abusive. She had a son who left her when he was 15 to go live with his dad. And she was alone. When she was 40, four years younger than I am, she was diagnosed with a uh, brainstem deformity that she suffered from the next 30 years. Caused nerve pain and muscle degradation and things of that nature. For 30 years, she prayed 
and didn't just pray, but said, God, God is going to heal me. God is, is going to heal me. That was just her over and over again. And until last week, that was her steadfast hope. And he did heal her. She can see with both of her eyes right now. And I, I don't know reading the Bible exactly when we get our new bodies. I think it seems that will be at the resurrection. But she will be able to walk and run easily. But God sustained her. I, I, I believe there were so many times that I thought that my mom was about to pass and, and God brought her back so many times and would strengthen her to be able to walk. And I would, I would start thinking, this is it. Like she's not going to be able to move and the next week she'd be right back to doing what she did. And so I believe he sustained her, but, and, and gave her healing along the way that would strengthen her. But when I look at her life and I think about it, if he had completely healed her, that would have been a miracle. If he had made her legs strong and, and where she could walk and, and, and there was no issues and all the things that she prayed and, and that she believed, if, if he had done that, that would have been a miracle. But the greater miracle is that she never doubted God. In all of her suffering, in all that she went through, in all that happened to her, she never doubted. She never questioned why God. She never criticized. She just would say, He's going to heal me. I mean, honestly, sometimes I have people that tell me, I asked God about that. I've been praying for two weeks. He's not answering. I've been praying about that for a couple years. God just doesn't listen to me. Doesn't pray, doesn't hear my prayers. My mom prayed and believed for 30 years. Never doubted. That's a miracle. I'm not pointing fingers. I have things too that I'm like, God, why, why are you not answering this? My mom didn't do that. Last 10 years of her life, she didn't leave the house. Last five years of her life, she barely could get out of bed. Never, never doubted. That's a miracle. And that is a faith worth emulating.
And the third grace that I would tell you about in my mom's life is that she was the most amazing and powerful intercessor that I had ever been around. I told you she prayed about everything, but it wasn't just for her and it wasn't just for me. She prayed about everything for everyone. She hadn't driven in 15 years. She depended on someone for everything to go places. She left the house two times a year for the last decade or so. But what she would do, spending most of her time alone, is she prayed. When I was younger, she gave me one of these prayer books. Not necessarily promoting the book, um, but the thing that my mom loved about her little yellow prayer book was that that all of the prayers in it were from the Word, that they were all based on the Word. And she would tell me over and over again, like, that's what makes these prayers powerful, is that they're steeped in Scripture. But this wasn't my mom's prayer book. This was her prayer book. Twenty years. She had to duct tape it together and it's got so many people and things that are written in it. Now all, all that time that um she didn't leave her bed. This is what she was doing. And I don't know how many people she prayed for. I don't know what all impact those prayers had. I don't even think she knew. But she just never stopped praying. I was flipping through this last night and I would see all these prayers for different things and then I would see these names that she wrote down. There's a prayer in here for salvation and some of the stuff that I can't read it, like it, there's so many names and so many things, but one of the, one of the prayers is for salvation and salvation of the, of the lost people would come to Christ, and the, the first thing I, I can read, it says the congregation of Agape. I drove to Jasper last night to get this out of her house because I wanted you to see it. Intercession, I think, is uh, it's standing in the gap. I love what Mike did. John 33.3 was a, a verse that my mom would tell me all the time when I was younger. Before I was walking with the Lord, she would say, David, the Bible says, call to me, I will answer you, and I will tell you great and hidden things. And she would tell me that all the time. It was one of her favorites. In Ephesians 6, we are 
given this command to pray at all times in the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for the saints. I loved how Mike did that. I loved how he tied those together. I think that was from the Lord. Because I think that when we give ourselves to intercession for the church and for others, that God does reveal things to us. That He shows things to us. Things that we wouldn't know otherwise. It has been on my heart now in the last few days to share with you that that was, that was what my mom did. There's not a lot of people that know about her. It was only a handful of people that were still going to see her, you know, my family and couple friends who would call on the phone, but so she didn't get to do what I, I do. You know, I felt very loved in the last few days. You guys have been very kind to text and call and come and give me a, a hug and I thank you for that. My mom didn't have that. But it didn't matter to her that she wasn't readily seeing something from what she was doing. You know, it's, it's one thing to preach, because I, like, I love preaching. And then sometimes I get very encouraging texts from people that tell me, this is how you impacted me today. My mom didn't get that, but she kept going. Which is, I, I think, shows that she had this heart of an intercessor. Because she wasn't doing it in order for her to be able to, to receive something from it. It wasn't about, let me pray about this, and then, well, God didn't answer that prayer, so let me move on. No, it was just her heart was just to intercede and just to pray and keep praying, and she saw that as her ministry. I'm going to be honest, I don't even know if she saw it as her ministry. I don't think she did. Now that I say that, I think she just did it. She just did it. Whenever I tried to encourage her and say, Mom, you don't really know the impact you've had, she would just kind of write that off. And she experienced God. I have a notebook I was looking through last night, and there were certain things that <laughs> she wrote down that she experienced God, like at 2 a.m. and something. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. I think she told me about some of those things sometimes, and I probably kind of brushed them off. And last night I was just reading those and thinking... Yeah, why not? Someone who's given their life to just pray in the presence of God, why would I not believe He would show up in some kind of miraculous way with them alone just to comfort them? It's been on my heart now for a while, several months, that we need a team of intercessors at Agape. We have a prayer team I'm very thankful for. They're faithful to pray for requests that come in. But what has been on my heart is something a little deeper than that. People from within this church who would see and have a, who would see a call but have a burden to pray for the church. Not just a request that's put before them, but just every day they just have this, I want to pray for agape. I need to pray for agape. I need to pray for the people of agape. I need to pray for this 
person at Agape. And I've, I've just con- continued to, to look at that, and I've become convinced that it is from God, and that, that God is saying that the next season of life of this church, what happens in the life of this church, is going, the foundation of that is intercession. And so I've been asking God to raise up people to be on that team. That He would call some people, and there's a couple of people I've went to in the church that I just felt strongly that God was pointing me toward, and I've, I've presented to presented it to them and said, would you be willing to be a part of this? But I've been waiting for the day to present it to the church and just say, is this you? Would you be this person who would say, yes, I, I want to do this. This is what I feel a burden to do, to pray at all times, being led by the Spirit. I just want to hear from the Holy Spirit and I want to pray what He lays on my heart for the church. Whether it's request or intercession, I want to stay and persevere. And I believe that that group of people, I believe God is going to hear and answer and tell them great and hidden things. And that it will be for the benefit of this church. So Thursday night, when I was with my mom, When I got there Thursday, I knew that she didn't look she didn't look good. She looked a lot worse than the week before when I was there. And she didn't say a lot Thursday night. She hadn't been eating for a couple of days and it was just And uh she didn't say a lot. Every now and then she would say my name and look at me and she would say something and I couldn't understand it. But I, I sat with her for several hours and held her hand and read Scripture to her and talked to her about various things and sang a couple old songs that she loved. And um, But I told her about this team. I told her that, that I wanted to have um, that team at Agape. And I told her that God had given me a name and I, I haven't ran this by Nick or, or Sam or anybody else because honestly, this is one of those times where I'm just I'm just going to do it. And uh, but I told her that I, you know, we we do these one word names a lot. Like if I say grow, you guys know what we're talking about. It's our discipleship, like discipling communities, and and rely. You know what that means. And and uh, so I, I I I told my mom I'm going to call this group Grace. My mom's name is Janice Grace Kelly. And so I, I want to name this, this group Grace. And that when you hear that word, like talking about it in the context of our church, that you will know it's our intercession ministry. And in some ways, I, I feel like um, my mom was kind of the forerunner of that. And so it's not going to be about her, but I wanted to honor her in it. And I told her that. I'm asking you to discern if the Lord is stirring you to it. Not 
because I'm presenting this to you in some emotional way. As a matter of fact, if you come up to me today and say, I want to be a part of that team, I'm going to tell you I don't receive that yet. Take a couple of weeks and seek it. Because I'm not, I'm not asking for people who just kind of emotionally respond to something. I appreciate that. But I want you to know, no, this is, I have a burden for this. I'm supposed to pray. And you know what? If it's you and you're on this team, there's going to be a lot of thankless days. There's going to be a lot of days you're going to pray and you're not going to see immediate response. There's going to be a lot of days you're going to pray. No one's going to know what you're doing. And I, I hope that in some way, <laughs> her example will spur you on in that. Because I think it's what God is calling us to. I don't really have an ending, but I want to share two personal examples of grace in my life. Um, if you would allow me to do that. One is that, um, one is that for a very long time, several years ago, I, I just, I started praying. I remember walking around the church here at night and praying. And one of the things that I was praying about is I would ask God to please let the ending season of my mom's life be better than than the previous seasons that she had had. Like the, the you know because it just was getting so hard and she was alone all the time. And I, and I didn't know what that meant. Like I knew she. I knew she wanted to see me more. I didn't know how to make that happen. I knew that, you know, she loved her family. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I had all kind of ideas. I remember one time I was going to ask Tim what it would take to enclose this shed up here and make it livable and, and move her in it. And you can laugh, but I mean, it was just what was going through my head. Try to find an apartment somewhere close where she could be by. I, I just didn't know, but I, I just kept praying, God, would you make the ending season of her life better? And so when the pandemic started, she got really sick and she went to the hospital and, and she came out of the hospital and, and she just was really bad off. And my aunt went to live with her for a while. And uh, in the fall, my aunt just called me and, and, and essentially just rightfully so said, David, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed. I just, I just, I need help. And, and um, I, I didn't. And still to the day that my mom passed, I didn't know how to balance everything. Um, I didn't know how to do all that I felt like I needed to do. But when she called, I just said, okay, I, I know that I have to do something. And so I, I made the choice, talked to Allison, and I said, I'm going to start setting aside every Thursday when I get off work to go up there. And And so every Thursday... Um, when I would get off, I would go and, and I would clean her house and I'd buy groceries and I would eat dinner with her. And I was, I was probably up there eight or nine hours after I left. And, um, so when I was a kid, my dad worked night shift and he worked every Friday. And so my mom would do this thing and she would call it our Friday nights. It was just me and her as I am an only child. And, uh, so Friday nights she would make very special and she would get a, special meal together, buy something or cook something, and then we would watch shows and movies that I liked and play games together. And when I was a kid, that, 
that was uh, it was like my favorite night of the week. I look forward to it every week. So for the last two years, you know, I've been going up there on Thursdays, and um, I remember we get something special to eat every every week and watch shows. She introduced me to Gunsmoke, which, by the way, has become one of my favorite programs. I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to watch it again, and that is sad to me because I have begun to see Matt Dillon as a old-school Avenger. But anyway... One night she just looked at me and she said, she said, this is like our Thursday nights together now. And I had uh, never thought of that. So God answered my prayer in a way with my mom getting really sick and me getting put in a position where I didn't have a choice. And it became an amazing grace. And I'll never forget these last two years. The next two weeks are going to be a whirlwind. But if you guys want to, starting in mid-December, you can check on me on Thursday some because it's probably going to be hard for a while. Sometimes God doesn't answer things in the way that we think He will. Sometimes we're looking for certain answers and things that we want Him to do in a certain way. And, and But if we can see that He loves us and that what He's doing is good, because I can look back now and think, man, I, I would have never pictured this is how you would get this season to be good. And, and in all honesty, it, it was hard at times. And, and I don't say that to make anything of myself, because there's people in this room who have sacrificed and suffered for their family and, and parents much more than I have. But there were times where it was challenging to work all day and then go and do that for eight or nine hours. But what an incredible gift. So I want to share that with you. And then the last one I want to share is just When I was there Thursday, I knew that things didn't look good. I, I actually could not bring myself to ask God to let her go while I was there. But part of me, that's what I wanted to happen. And I, I remember I, I asked Him to not let her die alone. And we have her on, we had her on hospice. And so there was, you know, at night while she was sleeping and everything, she was by herself. And then there was people there all during the day. So Friday night, I left Thursday and then Thursday night. And then Friday night, my, my aunt called and she said, David, this isn't, isn't good. I think it's close. And so I, I wanted to try to get up there. And, and she said, I, I think it's happening right now. And so I had her put me on speaker and started talking to my mom. And, and they said that when I started talking to her, that she just, she kind of got alert. And, um, it was like things stabilized, and I, I talked to her on the phone for 45 minutes, and I, I thanked her, talked about things when I was a kid, joked with her. I read passages of Scripture, some that we've read this morning that were important to her. Um, and, and so they told me, they said, well, it, she just, maybe that wasn't it. It looks like she's kind of stabilized and and um they said why don't we why don't we hang up we'll call you back in a little bit and let's see how she's doing i mean you know and 
And I just, as they were saying that, I thought, I want to pray for her. And, and then this, I had this thought that came through my mind. Is God waiting for me to pray? And, and so I, I asked them, you know, to put the phone by her. And, um, and so they did. And, uh, and I just started praying. And, uh, I thanked God for her and for her life. And I don't remember what all I prayed. But I remember that I asked him that he would heal her. If he would heal her, bring her out of the bed, that he would do that. And, uh, or if it was, if it's the right time to receive her into his presence. And when I said amen, they said, David, she's gone. They said that she was holding her hands, that she was holding their hands tightly, and while I was praying toward the end of the prayer, she let go. And uh, I don't know how all that works. I don't know what she could hear, but I, I think what God allowed me to see is that uh, I, got to, I got to walk her home. And if I read the Bible right, the Bible seems to indicate to me that with peculiar suffering, there is peculiar glory. That there is a, a sense in which our reward in the presence of Christ is related to our suffering for Christ. People have asked me for a couple of days now, how are you? And, and my response is the same. I'm just sad. Like, I'm just sad. I lost my dad. My mom died on the same day my dad did 18 years ago. I don't even know what that means. It was hard when my dad died, but this is, this is different. My mom was special to me. And uh, so I'm sad. I'm just sad. But not for her. Because she stepped into her reward. And I believe her reward is great. So that was a bit of a train wreck. I don't have an end. I call you... That if you see grace in my mom's life, to follow that example, I know it would mean a lot to me, to her, if God stirred you to something today. I call you to intercession, to pray, um, to consider if God is stirring you to prayer. And to pray for our church on an ongoing basis. And if, if you feel like maybe he is, take some time and really consider that. And, and if you feel called to it, let me know. I want to talk to you about it. I think it's important for our church. I want to call you that if you know of or you come across someone that is sick and shut in, care for them. And, 
If your mom is still alive, hug her. Tell her you love her. I want to ask the worship team if they would come up. I want to sing together. And I just want to thank you um, we're going to have a memorial on Tuesday for my mom but I wanted it to be here because you guys mean everything to me and you meant a lot to her and uh, I just needed to do this here This is what was important to me. So I hope the Lord is pleased in that. I didn't want to make it about her, but about Christ in her. But I thank you for giving me that opportunity. We have these, I introduced a few weeks ago, these rocks. We're going to try to build up as they did in the Old Testament, those an altar of remembrance of grace and uh, things that the Lord has done for us that we can remember to be thankful. I, I want to remind you about it because it's a little empty right now. I know there's more testimonies than that, and I'm about to put my second one in there. So I'm, it's going to end up being my altar of remembrance with the Dardens. If, but I'm going to write on here Janice Grace, a mighty woman of prayer. And uh, when you see that, be stirred to pray. Be stirred to pray. That's all I got. I love you guys.